Hello, everybody. Marcus Giuliano here, your host of In the Weeds, Real Tales from the Restaurant Industry. Hello. Welcome, Mikhail. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Chef. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Mikhail Roy. I am from the greater Denver, Colorado area, and I have been in the restaurant industry for about the last 20 years. Awesome. Um, you're currently not in the industry, but I still wanted to get you on. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I, I, I'm currently not, although I'm still super passionate about it and passionate about helping other restaurant owners um, get to that successful point they need to be at. And that's what this podcast is about. Inspiration, uh, stories, fun, um, to show everybody it's not easy, but it's not hard. And it's, you know, it's just an industry of passion. It is, it is. It, you know, it's always a lot of work, um, but if you don't mind a lot of work, it can be very rewarding and successful. Yeah, work, you know, I sometimes say work. This isn't work. It's a lot of hours, <laughs> but it's not work. <laughs> That's true. That's, uh, you're right. We're not uh, roofing in, in 90 degree weather or, or saving lives or anything of that importance. It's a lot of hours um, and it can be a little trying at times, but you know, it is, it is fun what we do. Yeah. All right, cool. So um, let's see what, um, talk about some of the restaurants you've worked for. Is there, is there like a standout restaurant that you're like, this restaurant is just an awesome restaurant to work for? You know, it's, I've had kind of all the experiences I've worked, you know, my very first job was in your typical hole in the wall, um, kind of local Mexican restaurant. Um, and I've worked for corporate giants such as PF Chang's um, and kind of everything in between. Um, for me, the best restaurants were the locally owned ones. Um, they seem to have um, kind of, you know, the interests of, of the community and, and everybody around them more at heart than those national giants that kind of tend to lose the smaller picture. That is awesome. Community is super important. So you've worked your way up in a lot of restaurants, whether they were the chains or independents. Talk about, um, talk about how an employee, a new employee can impress their boss. What are, what, are, what are some good habits that an employee should have to add value or make an impact to, to, to the boss? You know, for me, and, and I think that, you know, times have changed a lot, but punctuality was always a huge thing. You know, it was, you know, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're, you're late, you know, and so being on time, being ready to work, you know, wanting to be at work, you know, sh showing excitement that you're there, you know, for, for me and my staff, you know, the thing that we would always tell them, you're, you're here for five hours of your life, you know, let us be your vacation, let us be your spot that you go to, to get away from your troubles, to, to have fun, you know, don't bring that, those bad vibes into work. So I think coming to work with a good attitude, being on time, you know, really having the restaurant's best interests at heart um, can take you further than you've ever imagined. Yes, you know, th th these are key points is anybody who, most people, a lot of people who are high up in the restaurant industry, they own a restaurant, they started at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Started at the bottom, they worked their way up. So it's possible for anybody to do this. I mean, I mean, you hear like when I worked at the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs, like their third sh executive chef was a dishwasher. He worked their way up from the dish room. Right, right. Yeah, you know, the last restaurant that I was a part owner of, you know, they gave me ownership. I was a server. You know, I started there as a server. And when I started there, they were really struggling. You know, when I say really struggling, they were days away from closing the doors. And, you know, we were able to swing that around and really turn it around. And, and we took that restaurant from days away from closing to being a multi-million dollar number one rated restaurant on TripAdvisor. Um, and so it was a huge success and it was really fun to be a part of. And like I said, I started as a server and became an owner just because of my hard work. And my See, that is awesome. Dedication. Mm -hmm. 
And then the numbers you told me off camera, off recording, you guys tripled or quadrupled your numbers. Yeah. And the eight years that I was there, you know, like I said, when I started, I think their first year of sales were somewhere around the $700,000 mark. Uh, and my last year there, we did 3.2 million. So, you know, in that in eight years is a long time. Don't get me wrong. And, and those numbers, you know, for these companies that are doing billions and, and those kinds of sales, it might not sound like that much, but for us to quadruple your sales in the restaurant industry, you know, without really raising prices, without really going that extreme, we didn't add on seats. We didn't add tables. You know, we kept the restaurant the same size and we're able to fill up those seats and, and make it a good place to be at. So this is, a, this is a really important point that I think other restaurateurs need to listen to. When you open a restaurant, you're not going to make money in day one, year one. Um, what's, what's your advice to, to new restaurateurs besides being patient? Being patient yeah. is one thing, but you have, to, you have to do a skill. You have to do something to do triple, quadruple your business like that. So what is your advice to a restaurateur who's six months in, a year in, like, oh, my gosh, this isn't quite working yet? Right. You know, so for, for me, it was hard. I came in, you know, they weren't a new restaurant. They had, been, they had been there for a little bit of time, and they had been struggling for a while. And unfortunately, they had gained the reputation around the neighborhood of not being a, an amazing spot. So for us, it was changing that perception of the people that came in there and died. You know, it was the people that did our marketing for us were our regulars. You know, we really relied on them to pass the word along and to get the word out there that we had changed. We were doing a good job. Things inside the restaurant had changed. You know, if you're opening a new spot, consistency is key. You know, guess one the same experience that they had the time before, especially if it was a good one. They want, if you're serving a lemon thyme chicken, they want that lemon thyme chicken to taste just like it did the last time. So being consistent, making sure that service is there and, and everything else is there. If you're changing your menu all the time, if you're changing up service and happy hours, prices, stuff like that, and people don't know what they're gonna get the next time, it's less likely that they're gonna come to it. What, what, are some, what is a big tip you can take, you can uh, share from the corporate world? You said you worked for P.F. Chang's for a while, and worked your way up, traveled the country with them. What's, what's a, what is a tip that, that the corporate structure does like that, that, a, that an independent could, could follow? Oh, that's hard. You know, the best thing corporate restaurants do is train their employees. You know, they, they give you these manuals that are just these super extensive, very in-depth. This is how you treat the customer. This is everything about our food. The best training that I ever received was by far with BF Chang's. You know, they were, they were very, um, it was very important to them to make sure that their employees were well-trained, ready to go, that they were out there. So, you know, <clears throat> the worst training I ever received by far was locally owned restaurants. You know, I think that there's an even medium there where you can engage your employees um, and make them passionate about your product without overwhelming them uh, with a 150 page manual about, you know, steps of service and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah. So th there's, I think there's a balancer that a restaurant needs. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is every restaurant needs to train more. Every independent needs to train more. That's, that's really agree. the bottom line. Train something you do, not something you did. Absolutely. Yeah. The training of your employees, you know, you, you mold them, like we kind of talked about earlier, how you want them to act, the, the perception of the restaurant that you want them to give. And so that training is vitally important. As an owner, it might fall by the wayside. You know, the, you, you might expect them to just do the job that you hired them to do. Constant training with them, checking up on them, making sure that they are doing that, that, that job that you hired them to do is extremely important. So what are some, was, was, was there a failure in, in the corporate world that you'd like, that you learned from? 
Anything that you learned that that was a disaster, a marketing campaign that didn't work, location didn't work, something, something like, oh, wow, I learned what not to do in this situation. <laughs> um, you know, we, <clears throat> the, the one thing, it ended up working out for us, but it started out as a disaster. We gave Groupon a go. Um, and that was um, when Groupon kind of first came on the scene. Um, and a lot of people didn't know how to use it to their advantage. And so they would just throw coupons out there to try to get more people in the restaurant. You end up losing so much on your food costs, on your operating costs and stuff like that when you're just giving away food for free. So when we first started with Groupon, um, it, it hurt us tremendously. Um, we were quickly able to figure out how to adjust the coupon to where we weren't losing any money. Um, and so, you know, you can, you can make major mistakes trying to um, rush yourself back into the market, back into the public eye, spending too much money on things that don't necessarily have an effect on your business. Yeah, I, I totally agree. People don't know what to give away. They don't give right. away enough and it doesn't work and they give away too much and it doesn't work financially. Right. And right. Um, uh, if you remember a few years ago in Denny's, gee, maybe five, six, seven, Denny's did the Grand Slam, the free breakfast. They gave away free breakfast. Uh-huh. The, that was a failure because they didn't get anybody's information. Right. They, they didn't get anybody's email. They didn't know who, about, who anybody was. They gave away free breakfast and that was it. It's like, if they came in for a free breakfast, they'll come in again if you can email them and reach out to them. And, mm -hmm. and that's the biggest thing I with Groupon, these type Groupon things. I tell, I tell people, you do, if you own the contact names that are coming in, then you have a chance to remarket. And if, we, know, we know you make money on the second, the third, the fourth visit. The first visit's a wash. We all know that. Right, right. You know, and again, that kind of goes back to one of the main points. You really rely on your regular base to do your marketing for you, right? So as, if they have a good experience, they're going to tell other people about it. Whether or not they leave you a review online or something like that, they're liable to mention you in conversation. Good, bad, yeah, no matter right, what. So, so the, the, the big question I ask everybody, what's more important, good food or good marketing? Well, good food, of course, because I think your good food is your good marketing for you, right? You're giving out a good dining experience. If you're giving them a plate that they want to talk about, food that they want to come back for, they do your marketing for you. Um, in this day and age, can you tell me what the best marketing platform is? I can't tell you. I can't. I have no idea, right? Especially yeah. for restaurants. I mean, who knows? Who knows where to spend your money, where to spend your time, Facebook, LinkedIn. There's a thousand out there. I um, mean, you don't know, your guest range could be 18 to 66, 18 to 99. You know, you have no idea. So where are you going to reach them? At? So, Let them do your marketing for you. Give them a good meal to eat and they'll tell everybody about it. Yeah, the biggest problem is it's a full-time job to do marketing. And most right. independents can't do that and run their restaurant. Right. And, you know, when you hire an outside company to do your marketing for you, a lot of times it comes across as, you know, in it. it, it they don't really capture the perspective of the restaurant that you're trying to reach out to people. And, and your regulars can see that with these generic posts on Facebook and, and stuff like that. So if you're going to run a good marketing campaign, you have to do it yourself. Being a restaurant owner, you don't really have time. Again, let your guests do it for you. Your guests will post up pictures on social media. Your guests will do that for you. So making a restaurant grow in eight years by quadrupling their, their sales, was there, besides good food, good service, the, that, was, was, there any, was there any other key pivotal point that you can share that, 
that was like, wow, this, this really worked for us. Was it, was it changing hours? Was it opening up more? Was it better staff training? Was it, was, was there something that was like, yeah, this was, this was a cool thing we did. This really worked for us. You know, for us, it just went back to consistency. Um, They, you know, for the longest time they had struggled with, it was a restaurant originally out of uh, New Mexico. And so they had opened up in Highlands Ranch um, with serving dishes that were super spicy and and things that uh, people in the area weren't really interested in eating. So, you know, for us, it was identifying the populace that we were trying to feed and giving them dishes that, that they really wanted to eat and that they'd come back for all while not losing our identity. So, you know, we ended up having this kind of eclectic menu of fish tacos and enchiladas and filets and salmon and cheeseburgers and pizza and everything in between to serve the populace that we were trying to serve. That's, you know, that losing that. So that right there is a great point. Adapt without losing your identity. A lot of restaurateurs, when something doesn't work, they change your whole theme. Right. And then six months later, they change your whole theme again. Right. So again, people don't know what they're getting the next time. Yeah. Consistency. Yeah. Consistency is huge. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So, um, let's talk about, uh, any, like, what's like the worst thing you've ever gone to the ER for? You know, I don't, I've never made many trips to the ER myself. I was always better suited staying in the restaurant because (laughs) if we had to send a couple employees to the ER, I could kind of cover multiple stations. Right. But I have seen, I mean, some of the most gruesome cuts that you could possibly imagine. Those, those cooks back there, it's no joke, you know, and, and they are working in the hottest temperatures possibly imagined with the sharpest knives under the most extreme conditions. So they are slicing off <laughs> parts of their body, burning off parts of their body consistently and typically just wrapping it up and continuing on. Um, I have seen some pretty gnarly cuts. Luckily, I've never been to the ER myself. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So you've transitioned into uh, out of the restaurant world. Um, you're in business for yourself. Just give us a, give us a, t- take a minute and tell, tell us what you're doing. Um, so right now um, I own my own rideshare company. Um, I kind of got the idea after driving for, you know, some of the more major Lyft Uber companies like that. Um, I started to build up my own regular base. They were looking for, again, a more consistent ride. Um, so I focus my business around um, giving business travelers uh, a ride to the airport, um, having a driver that they always know is a good driver, knows what they're doing from the area. It's always me. <laughs> um, giving them that customer service, that ride that they expect, you know, not overbearing, uh, but friendly and courteous and safe. Um, so I've kind of built my business around the things that I learned in the restaurant industry, um, the customer service and giving people the experience that they are expecting when they're having a ride to the airport. That's awesome. Cause that though, two totally relatable uh, businesses. Right. Yeah. Service. Um, you ever read the book raving fans? I have not. I oh should. yeah. Read it. It's great. It talks about, uh, I mean, I think the first story is about the cab driver, just, you know, things normal cab drivers just don't do that. That just will totally set you apart and make create raving fans. Right. Yeah, that is that is a huge part of it is is relating to the people that are inside your vehicle, the people that are giving you the business and always being appreciative of them, you know, not forgetting they're the ones that are paying your bills, you know, and yeah. so you're there for that. That's what a huge That's, part of customer service. Yeah. You know, and that having a cab is not much different or different than having a restaurant. You know, there's certain things that a restaurant can do that stands out. 
that, yeah. that other restaurants aren't doing. And there's simple things like super, super simple things like baking dog biscuits for pet owners and saying, here you go. It's just so, you know, it's just so simple. It's a matter of execution. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and, and so many people are unwilling to do it. You know, like you said, it's, it's this simple little attention to detail things that can really set you apart. You know, although restaurant employees might not be a dime a dozen, restaurants really are. And if they have a bad experience with you, with your restaurant, they're not going to come back. Why would they? They can go somewhere else and have a better experience. So you really have to remember that the guests are super important, although maybe not always right. Um, give them the best experience that they could possibly have. And if a dog has a good experience, you're really in. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I've got three of my own. So <laughs> half of my life is my dogs. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Um, how do people find you? They're coming to Denver. They're flying in. They need a ride from the airport. How do they They're find They're flying you? in. They can look me up on um, perfectridedenver.com. Um, you can book your appointment on there. Also, my phone number's on there. You can just text me directly, and I'll get right back to you. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Mikhail. We appreciate this. Thank you, Chef. Thanks for having me on. I think oh, it's great what you're doing, and I will be a fan for life. My pleasure. Awesome, awesome. Excellent.